welcome to the light gate. We are so happy to see everyone tonight, and it's going to be a really great show. We are coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans at the United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We are on Roku. We are on Facebook, we are on YouTube, and many other different platforms. We're so glad you're here. Take it, Preston. <laughs> Thanks, Dolly. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I am your host, Preston Dennett, author, and I guess I'll call myself an experiencer because I am. And with me tonight is, of course, my lovely co-host, Dolly Safran a lifelong experiencer, and the subject of my book, Symmetry. And we are actually at show number 26. Super excited. We have some amazing guests tonight, but before I get to them, I just want to say hi to all you guys here. Just as a thank you for joining us, I really appreciate it. Um, you guys are amazing. Hi, Tools. Hello, Michael. Awesome to see you here. Hi, hi Red Peanut. I love to see all these familiar names. Scuba Maru, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, very kind of you, Mills Bub. I really, really appreciate your kind words. Thank you so much. Hi, Gray Troll. Always awesome to see you here. Hey, Dana Matthews. You guys, we have a really cool show tonight. I know last week we had a really cool guest who everyone really loved, and I think we're going to have some equally good amount of fun tonight. So hi, Louise. And it's Alicia. Got a hot cup of tea. I already had my tea, so I am good. <laughs> hi, Janice. <laughs> um, Lunar Dove, nice to see you. Jenny Veniello, good evening from Florida. Ooh. Awesome. Namaste. Thank you so much for the super chat. Truly appreciated. You as well, Terry D. Is so very, very generous of both of you. Really appreciate that. Hello, Becky. Lots of very familiar names here. Hi, Ruth Kleiber. So excited to see you here. Okay, you know, I could say hi to you guys all day long, but I got in trouble for doing that once. So I am not going to go on much longer, but I can't help it. I love I love saying hi. Hello, Scarlet Fire. It's just fun. This is, you know, nice to see all our friends here. But yeah, we do have an amazing show tonight. Our guests are what I call UFO paranormal power couple, Rob and Trish McGregor. Dolly and I have talked to them, met them face to face. We were both guests at some point on their own podcast, The Mystical Underground. And they are very, very accomplished researchers, authors, and podcasters. And in fact, Rob McGregor is the author of 19 novels, count that, 14 nonfiction books, and has actually teamed up with some big names like George Lucas and Peter Benchley. He writes both adult and young adult mysteries, adventure, and science fiction and fantasy, probably my favorite genre in terms of fiction. And he is an award-winning author. He won the Edgar Allan Poe Award for mystery writing. That's a reputable award. Uh, 
for his uh, work, The Prophecy Rock, which is the first of four novels featuring Will Lanza, who is whose life is divided between the Hopi Reservation, where his father is chief of police, and Aspen, Colorado, where his mother is heir to a silver fortune. So yeah, he's an amazing novelist and is perhaps best known for, get this, seven Indiana Jones novels he wrote for Lucasfilms and Bantam Books, one of which actually spent several weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. That is a huge accomplishment. But of course, of course also he writes a lot of nonfiction as well, has written several self-help books on dreams and synchronicity and yoga and psychic development. Also, the subjects that we like to explore, Mysteries of the Bermuda Triangle in his book, The Fog, and of course, Aliens in the Backyard, which is right here, as you can see. Super cool book. It's all about UFO encounters, inductions, and synchronicity. It's one of three books, actually, on synchronicity offered, authored with our second guest, his wife, Trish McGregor. So Rob does teach yoga and meditation, and Trish herself is also incredibly accomplished. She's written dozens of nonfiction books on a huge variety of topics that are really cool, including astrology, the tarot, dreams, synchronicity. She actually started out as a freelance magazine writer and eventually became a regular contributor to, get this, Omni, Omni Magazine's antimatter section. I read that all the time. <laughs> Back when it was really hard to find UFO information, I could always count on Omni. So yeah, that covered all aspects of the paranormal as well as UFOs. And through those assignments, she got to meet abductee Betty Hill. I can't wait to hear about that, Trish. Definitely going to ask you about that. Also, UFO researcher Bud Hopkins and many others. So yeah, fiction and nonfiction books. The most recent nonfiction books are Beyond Strange and Sensing the Future. And of course, I hope you get to talk about this amazing book, which is Aliens in the Backyard, UFO Encounters, Abductions, and Synchronicity. Of course, Trish is the author of, quote, the biggest horoscope book ever, ever. And Rob wrote The Jewel in the Lotus, Meditation for Busy Minds. They've co-written a lot of books, like Power Tarot, Phyllis Vega. Bob co-authored Beyond the Bermuda Triangle with Bruce Learning. They live in South Florida with three cats and a noble golden retriever. Uh, we love animals. And their daughter, Megan, is also an aspiring writer and artist. So we are super, super excited to be joined by these two wonderful Yes, we love so much. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Good we seeing you again. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. <laughs> yeah, we're we're so excited. We love you guys so much. It was such a joy to do your show, the Mystical Underground. And going through your bio, I'm like, wow, <laughs> I had no idea you were that accomplished. Rob, New York Times best-selling author. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. In fact, here, I'm just going to do this. I hope it doesn't embarrass you, but 
I can't help it because it's just so cool. Show you some of the books you guys have. Sensing the Future, The Shift. Here's some of the Indiana Jones novels. Seven Secrets of Synchronicity. Of course, Aliens in the Backyard. There are a lot, you guys. I thought I wrote a lot of books. Um, Crystal Skull. I got a picture of you guys with this Crystal Skull. That, I definitely want to touch on that. But yeah, just book after book after book after book. <laughs> Can't keep up with that. <laughs> we write them about that fast. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I am not even sure where to start. So I'll just start how I always like to start the show is when you guys were little kids. <laughs> and how, you know, how did this subject of UFOs and the paranormal and science fiction and these somewhat quote fringe subjects not fringe now but right. back in the day certainly how, how did you get involved in this subject yeah oh for me my, my parents were always open uh to the strange and mysterious uh they, uh, they would be Inter they were interested in uh, talking about ghosts and spirits and the afterlife. And my first uh, UFO-related experience happened when I was nine years old. Oh, wow. I was out uh, in, we lived in a dead end, and I walked out into the street uh, where the roads cross, and usually my parents would call me in when it got dark or when it got dusk and you know, the kids were usually out and playing, but this night there was nobody else out there and my parents didn't call me either. And so I was standing out there and I looked up and I see all these lights, green and blue and yellow. They're just zigzagging all around uh, the sky. And that's the last thing I remember. Then I went in the house and I told my parents what I had seen. And the next day, my father said, yeah, he heard on the radio that other people had uh, also experienced that and seen those lights in the sky. So, wow. What city was that in? That was in suburban Minneapolis. Wow. Amazing. Okay. That sounds like a genuine display. The UFOs yeah. show themselves on purpose. So yeah. I'm guessing, you know, I've come to believe that when someone has a sighting like that, they're doing it intentionally and they know who's looking at them. So yeah. <laughs> that was a little gift to you, I'm guessing, from them. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And the circumstances were odd too, that because I had never stood out there in the uh in the dark by myself and without my parents calling me in. So uh and, th and then that happened. So that was interesting. interesting. What about you, Trish? Um, I was 16. I was boarding school because my parents were living in Venezuela and the company paid boarding school. So one night we were in, it was after lights and a bunch of us were in this woman's this girl's room downstairs. And I was looking out the window and I saw this light doing just very weird things. I said, Hey, Hey guys, look at this thing. What is this? I said, I think it's a UFO. And everybody started laughing, but they admitted that it could not be an airplane, <laughs> at least not any airplane really because of the maneuvers it was making. So finally, no. everybody was at the window. We were all trying to 
follow this light. And it just took off. That was the first. How long did you watch it? Probably about 10 minutes. I mean, it definitely performed for us. You know, it wasn't, it could have taken off at any point. But uh, I think it knew it had an audience. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very cool. So, that was, the first time. was it was it way high up in the uh, stratosphere or was it down lower in the atmosphere? Well, I think it was maybe 2,500 feet. So it was Not pretty bad. low. Okay. We were wow. on the bottom of a two-story house. So. Oh, wow. So is that what got you interested in this subject? Uh, no, actually, I was interested before that, but <laughs> really? this kind of confirmed it. Yeah, no, I've been interested in this stuff since I was a kid. Oh, wow. Since I learned how to That's curious. <laughs> and when Trish and I met, uh, we were both in life situations where we were surrounded by people who had no interest in UFOs or the paranormal, which, uh, and so we were reading a lot of books, uh, and but had nobody to talk to and then i was working as a uh, newspaper reporter in south florida and uh i ended up interviewing trish for an article about the mariolito uh refugees from from cuba who she was teaching english to and uh afterwards we just started talking found out we had a lot in common we had both read all these Jane Roberts books and we knew nobody that read else that had read those books or was or interested in it. So, uh, we, we, we hit it off. Oh, oh I've read all the Jane Roberts books. All, all right. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. I'm a huge fan of Seth. <laughs> and then we also yeah, had a very, very unusual, uh, <laughs> what Trish? What you tell about the yeah the, one of our early experiences uh so yeah we didn't know anyone who had this interest so we were just you know looking for ways of experiencing more so uh i said why don't we go buy a ouija board and see what happens you know and, oh, wow. a lot of people oh, are, a lot of people are really afraid of ouija boards and you know the uh evil and uh all that, uh, but you know, we were just curious to see what would happen, and we knew that uh, there's a lot of tricksters that come through. And at first, the uh, it barely, barely moved. The planchette barely moved, and then it started moving, uh, and it started spelling things, and it gave a name, and it said it was in a communicating with us from a craft up above uh somewhere above in the atmosphere and uh, oh, wow. i was like i said i was working as a newspaper reporter then and uh so i was very interested in you know finding out some some facts about it okay if you're in a you're if you're in a craft up there give us some evidence show us and it responded and <laughs> said go to the airport tonight late tonight and watch the sky so well, we were living in fort lauderdale so it was fort lauderdale, is, fort, oh. fort lauderdale so we were near the fort lauderdale Dale airport what year was this 1981 81 oh no 81 yeah 
81, right. Wow. Yeah. So we had just met uh, weeks before that. And so we did. We went to, uh, at that time, the Fort Lauderdale airport is a lot smaller than it is yeah. now. I mean, you could actually yeah. drive up and park right uh, and right get out of your airport car. And watch the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, and you could also just drive up to the fence and park there and watch airplanes come in right over. That's what I meant. Land, yeah. Which yeah. is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So Miami International we, was the same way way back when. Yeah. 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 So, so that's what we did. We just uh, drove out by the fence and we're just watching and, you know, we, we spent more than an hour and it was like between one o'clock and two o'clock and we didn't see anything. And so, yeah, we thought, ah, a trickster, a, a Ouija trickster. And so we went back home. Trish went, I was living in Hollywood, Florida, and Trish was living in, in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, the next morning I had to be uh, at the office at eight o'clock and I got assigned uh, to, to, to a school board meeting. And I had to call in my report by I think 9.30 or something on some, some issue, called it in. Then the editor said, okay, come, in, come into the office and do a longer follow-up story. You got a 10.30 deadline for that one. So I had to rush in uh, and, and do that. And at that time, people smoked uh, a lot in newspaper offices. It was allowed. And the, the woman next to me always had a cigarette lit. And she was puffing away and working on deadline. And I was working on deadline. And we both finished about the same time. And I looked over and I said, what were you working on? And she said, uh, a UFO story. There was a UFO sighted by the cops uh, last night over Perry Airport. I said, Perry Airport, <laughs> which, which was located in Hollywood, about 10 miles from uh, where, where we were in Fort Lauderdale and very close to where I work, actually. And uh, so that night, Trish and I went out again to Perry Airport, and it's it's closed at night. There's nothing going on, and it was just very dark. And we just sat there and uh, watched for a while, and said, "Ah, oh, I guess nothing's going to happen." But then, as we're driving away, I turn on the radio, and I'm just looking, spinning through the stations, and I hear something a little unusual. It, it was an old style radio drama which you don't hear anymore before television. There are a lot of dramas on the radio. And so I, I started listening and what, what do you know? It, one of the characters is an alien. <laughs> and Trish is driving behind me and there, this is long before cell phones. So I, I'm trying to think there's an alien on the, on the radio. <laughs> and, and so, so, you know, this is how the UFO merge with the paranormal you know with uh uh yep. how, how it all, all fits together it's not just one you know nuts and bolts thing visitors from another planet it's it's something much larger than that i'm curious about as you know <laughs> did this up the gain on you seeing ufos after this in other words it as the years have progressed have you seen more and more ufos in your lifetime you feel like that uh you're known now. Well, yeah, we in the last. Uh, Lawrence, go, uh, you go uh, ahead, Trish. Barnes and Noble. And yeah, go I go ahead. Picked up a UFO book. I said, "Hey, Rob, here's a UFO book we don't have." So we marched up to the 
cash register, buy it, walk outside, and there's strange light in the sky, just kind of like what happened to me in boarding school, but much lower. And we're both standing there watching it, watching it. Yeah. And walking past us, and nobody's looking up. Yeah, we're standing there for about 10 minutes looking up, and it's low, and, and it's, it's just a bright light, and I, you can't see what, what what it is, you know, but because it's all light. And so finally, Trish said, oh, I want to go over to Walgreens, which was, you know, about a quarter mile away. So we get in the car, drive over to Walgreens. She goes in, and I'm sitting in the Walgreens parking lot, and the, I see it again. It's it's moved across uh, Forest Hill Boulevard and over a... Uh, golf course and so and it's low and it's in a, about the only spot where I could possibly see it so I'm sitting in the car still watching it <laughs> yeah now okay here so I'm connecting dots here okay okay um what was your interest in developing psychic ability around that time and did it escalate for you researching it as well as trying to use your ability well, well it did for me you mean from from that that point on? Well, we, we've been you know involved with the, the subject, and you know I've had uh, lots of paranormal experiences over the years. So I can't say that that particular anything happened that I recall after that, because you know we have synchronicities virtually every day. I hear from people that say I had them. I I've had two synchronicities in my life. And I'm thinking, well, I've had two today, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that is a big part of this field. I've certainly come to realize that. But just backtracking to the, the using the Ouija board and getting that message, and then it's over another airport nearby. That's kind of a sense of humor these ETs sometimes have. Right. I would leave town, and there would be a sighting over my hometown. Yeah. Over and over again. And I just want to add that I once did a YouTube video on can you contact UFOs through a Ouija board? Oh, really? And I got a lot of feedback from that one, both good and bad. Yeah, right. You know, the Ouija board is controversial, but there was this case in Utah where these kids were using a Ouija board and had the same message. And they said, we'll show up over the hospital at this date, go outside. And it was there. And the whole town saw this was in Roosevelt, yeah. Utah. Frank yeah. Salisbury was the researcher. He wrote mm -hmm. the Utah UFO display. And after hearing about that case, I dug in and I found a good 20 cases like that. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Well, the whole point of the Ouija board is that you're opening yourself up psychically anyway. Right. You're giving permission to receive anything. And ET will take those opportunities immediately, especially if they're already watching you or following you. They'll jump in if you, they yeah. see you doing that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it makes perfect I, sense. I told, you, I told you about the three aliens that on our, when we had you on our podcast. I asked yes. you, what were they? <laughs> you know, that I had gone to this Eric Pearl workshop mm -hmm. where he was his healing techniques on how to do it. We picked, we paired up with a stranger. And while this yeah. woman was doing the hand movements over my body, I felt the top of my head blow off and the beam of light shot up through the ceiling. And at the very top, I see these three aliens peering down at me. And it's not like they, you know, they weren't hostile or anything. They were curious. 
It, we're all in contact with one another anyway. I mean, most people don't realize how connected we all are psychically anyway. We hear each other. We feel each other. That's what empathy is. Empathy is um, not mystical. It's an actual ability that you have in your psychic abilities, and it's in your toolbox. And so ET is aware of us constantly. We're, there's nowhere in the universe that you can't make point contact with another entity if you're fully psychic and operating. And they can watch you or talk to you at any time, especially if they're interested in you. And uh, they'll stay in contact with you or they'll listen for you and watch you remote view you. I mean, it's that's their way. And so for you to use the Ouija board, they were like, oh, opportunity, <laughs> here it is. And you did exactly what they were hoping you'd do. You actually went out and showed them that you received the message, you confirmed it to them, that they're not hearing wrong, they heard you rightly, okay? And then they made points of contact with you, you know, along the way, so it's very cool. Pharmacy was not asking which airport. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We we tend to do that too. We hear in our head what we want to think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we regularly have different types of experiences. I had one just last Thursday. Should I go into that one, Trish? That yeah, yeah. It's related to a dog. So we we're taking oh, care right. of this. <laughs> we we're taking care of this dog. Uh, for a few days. It's a, an American bulldog, which has real short hair, very uh, friendly, uh, friendly girl. And, uh, but she has this collar on and, and uh, the owner says, this collar is perfect for her. But every time we take care of this dog, Trish takes the collar off because she thinks it's too tight. Okay. And so uh, this, this was last Thursday. Uh, it was about quarter after seven and I knew the owner was back in town and he was picking up the dog at eight o'clock. So I see the dog starts following me around and I pet it and uh, no collar. And so I started looking around and look all over the place for the, uh, for the collar. He I can't find me it. Up. Yeah. So oh. I went and woke Trish up and she said, uh, look on the counter, uh, blah, 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 and the kitchen table. And so I looked in these two places. It wasn't there. I keep looking. I finally, I woke her up. Uh, and I knew the guy's going to be coming anytime. And so I woke her up again. And she said, uh, keep looking. I, it's right, right out there. And so I did it again. I finally, uh, I, I went back a third time, but Trish was sleeping and I just let her sleep. And so I came back out and I was thinking, well, I'll just have to tell Lloyd that we we can't find Abby's collar. But I look at Abby, Abby's got the collar on. Now, where ah. did that collar come from? And the collar was upside down, you know, which is odd. It was, it was like it was, you know, clipped together oh. and it should be in in the tag. It was on top, you know. And, <laughs> you know, I have times when I can't remember names, but I have never not remembered finding, uh, finding a collar, putting it on the dog, and then completely forgetting it. No, that did not happen. You know, it's it's just a very strange thing. I, I've tried to think of the different possibilities. Maybe she always had that collar on, and I just could not see it. But yet I was thinking, how could that be? Because I petted her and I would have felt if she had the collar on. I mean, it's very short hair. And I mean, just uh, as a 
as a metaphysical thing, a psychic thing that, uh, that it was invisible for some reason, but I have no idea. And, uh, and I, I thought, and I told Trish, well, maybe there was somebody in the house and there were, and she said, yeah, they're stealing the collar. And then, then they decided <laughs> to put on the dog and leave. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, then there's the, the alien, uh, possibility that, uh, they were, they were uh, playing, playing a, a trick with us, but who knows, you know, we, we live in 12 dimensions. Okay. And we're all on top of one another. We're all yeah. together in the same space. Yeah. And a lot of people experience a, an, a, an entity who's in dimensionally right next to you who can see you, but you can't see them. Yeah. And they'll intervene in our lives from time to time. If we're, if they understand that this is a big deal, this call has got to be on the dog and they may have just come on in and put it on as fast as they could and backed out. <laughs> yeah. That, I've had weird things like that happen. I saw, I actually saw in my lifetime, I'm not joking around. I was looking for something, looking for something, looking for something. I couldn't find it and I needed it. I needed it. I needed it. And I'm about to become hysterical and I can hear my parents yelling for me. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And all of a sudden I turned because I saw movement to my left and I saw a hand going into nowhere where it dropped what I was looking for. Oh, and I freaked out. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, and don't do that again. And I grabbed it and I ran, and I realized that they do intervene. They do help. Yeah, I've had a few weird experiences. I mean, once I was looking for a pen, just a simple pen. I was with my friend Roger. I'm like, where's the pen? It was right here. He's like, I don't have it. I'm like, you have it. You must have it because I don't have it. And then, boom, it drops on the coffee table. And he accused me of throwing it, and I accused him. <laughs> I thought maybe it came. I don't know. It was just yeah. weird. Weird stuff um, happens. I don't know how to explain yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It's a dog collar. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, that's strange. Uh, yeah, a friend of ours, Susan, uh, she's told us a story when she was, I don't know, eight or nine years old. Uh, she was sitting in a chair, and she said she wanted to go over to the couch and uh, and suddenly she just went right up in the air, crossed the room, and into the couch. And <laughs> totally freaked her out. Uh, levitated? Uh, yeah, levitated across <laughs> across the room, and wow. uh, never happened to her again. But uh, you know, but she's had a lot of UFO experience. We we've written about her, uh, her stories. Uh, uh, See, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. How could, how could we put in an order for levitation? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, put it in an order for teleportation yeah. so I don't have to drive three hours on a boring highway to Orlando. Yeah. To see our <laughs> right. Well, I have had no, that's, that's, that's more like bilocation, not levitation. Yeah, right. <laughs> you wouldn't want to fly that way. <laughs> yeah, I think, but, but uh, you know, just disappearing from here and reappearing there, you know, yeah. that would, that would be, that would be nice. I've would... interviewed contactees who've had that driving to work and they arrived there far too early. I'm like, yeah. is that possible? It takes an hour. We're like, no, you're, you're a half hour early. How does that yeah. happen? I'm missing yeah. time. <laughs> in the, in the Bermuda triangle books, I've got the stories like that. My co-author had an experience where he just uh, shot uh from Bimini to Miami Beach instantaneously, and uh, uh, he did not fly. He did not fly that fly that in the airplane. But it wasn't a normal flight because he would have been going something like 
1200 or 2500 miles an hour which the plane would have just disintegrated at that uh, at that rate to to complete the trip but he and his father uh had had the uh both had checked their watches at the beginning of the flight and the end of the flight and they arrived with uh, t- uh nine and a half or 10 gallons of too much fuel that they should have burned off you know so wow also amazing yeah. So what do you think is going on with the Bermuda Triangle? Uh, <laughs> Bruce likes to think it's related to uh, uh, geo weather phenomena. And uh, I, th- I think it's more UFO related. And he, he recognized it too because he's had so many UFO experiences. He could... He was able to actually predict the appearance of UFOs uh, at one point in his life. Uh, he told his wife, let's go to the beach. There's going to be UFOs. And there's a, uh, like five or six of them moving right right down the beach that he had seen. And, and you know, basically he had, he had come with binoculars and everything prepared to look for them. And there they were. You know? There you so, go. Uh, People yeah, always th- overlook the spiritual and paranormal aspects of UFOs and that just goes yeah. to show it's a big part of it. Yeah. Well, when he was on UFO Hunters, Rob and I went to, where was that, Rob? Oh, just to a blank Andrew, oh, Andrews, Andrews, Andrews yeah. Island? Yeah, sort of the underwater area of 51. Yeah. And, um, yeah, <laughs> Octa. The, it's a navy. It's a secret navy base, Autex. It's not so secret anymore, but it's is called the underwater area fifty one. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we had on we had a, back, go ahead, something Trish. hit us on our way back. Something hit the airplane, and Bruce said, <laughs> "Uh oh!" And I'm looking from the back seat. I thought, "Oh my God, we just lost what was it? The compass, or you know, some, the thing that you need for yeah. guidance on an airplane." And yeah, the, the 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 screen, the GPS uh, the screen just went blank, uh, and as soon as we hit land in Florida, it came back on again. He had the plane checked out; there was nothing wrong with it at all. But during the the flight from Andros Island, uh, just because uh, he knew how how to get there, you know, he he didn't need all the navigation uh, equipment uh, to use, but it was just out. Yeah. But we also had an interesting experience right while we were there that turned into a uh, quite a big uh, synchronicity for us. Uh, the, uh, synchronicities don't always have to happen uh, right instantaneously; they can be delayed. And what happened is that uh, Bruce and I had been interviewed on the beach, and then uh, the uh, UFO hunters. There, there was three people. Uh, that were in this if you've seen that show there's three guys i can't think of their names right now it's been a while but uh so they wanted to go see if they could go onto the base and talk to the commander of the base and the producers had uh contacted called and called uh tech and uh asking for if they could interview the commander and not only did they didn't get a no, they just never got any response at all. So they decided we all got in this Jeep oh. with the camera and drove up to the entrance of the base. 
And so we, uh, we're going to go, go, we stopped about 100 yards away and we're going to walk up to, to the entrance. But uh, as soon as we stopped, uh, these, a couple cop cars came and they did something unusual. The, uh, the gate, instead of pointing at the gate, they pointed at each other, like blocking the gate. Like, like you're not going to get in here. And then... <laughs> Then this black helicopter lifted from behind the wall, came up and hovered over us, making a lot of noise. And uh, so, uh, Bill, Bill, the, the guy, that lead guy, his name was Bill. I can't think of his last name. Bill says, uh, "I don't think we're uh, welcome here, so let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, turn around and leave." So, so that was it. You know, we ne he never got to chan chance to uh, talk to the the commander of the base so uh anyhow move ahead five five months later we're in sarasota florida helping our daughter move into college uh to her dorm room i think it was her third year in college and trish and i decided to go downtown uh uh sarasota to, uh, to get some dinner and so it was just the two of us and we went to this uh there were we found a, a bar that had a lot of outside tables and there was live music and it was very crowded on this friday night but we saw one high top table that had uh two people on but there were two empty chairs so we asked could we we sit there so we joined them and there was a break uh the band took a break and we started talking to them and the guy sitting across from me is the commander of Autech. The guy, he is just retired. <laughs> he is just retired, but he had been the commander when we were there. So we're, we're telling him the whole story of being there uh, and wow. uh, trying to contact him and talk about the UFOs. And he looks at his girlfriend and he says, I need another drink. And, you know, I, <laughs> that, then the band started playing again. And so it was difficult to talk to him, but he, he wrote something down in, on a little scrap of paper. It was his email. And he said, get contact me. And then he, then they said, you want to go to another bar with, uh, with us. And we should have done it, but uh, we were tired and we decided to go home. So here I, I, I was turning down the chance to spend more time with the, the commander really of the uh, underground uh, or it's underwater. Like the universe, the universe setting you up. It's amazing. And, and this was a trickster synchronicity because I never found that scrap of paper again. So oh, I was no. never able to contact oh, wow. <laughs> What year was that? Well, that what would that be? 2010. Okay, I have something to tell you. This is about that very base. I'm not kidding you. Fourth of July, 2014. I'm working in the zoo with my cousin. Okay, and we're on you know 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, no breaks, nothing. And she looked at me and she said, "You know, we got two USDA people here. Let's go." And I said, "Where are we going?" She says, "We're going to the beach." Okay, this is in Dade City, Florida. So we head south. We go to Pensacola Beach, not Pensacola. Uh, St. Petersburg Beach, all the way down to the end of St. Petersburg Beach, okay? And there's this hotel there. It's a big round one, you know, and the twirls around in the top of it. I don't yeah. know if you know what I'm talking about. And, sorry about uh, yeah, so we're there, and we watch the fireworks, and they're great, and I like to chase crabs at night, you know, take a net and a flashlight and run around chasing land crabs, okay? And so we're out there, and we're chasing crabs, and all of a sudden she goes, what is that? And we're looking towards Sarasota, Okay. 
And I'm looking now, I'm thinking, what the heck am I looking at? Because I know a craft when I see them, there are four of them. And they're coming in from the west, head and east, Mach 5, okay? And low riding, low riding. We're talking 200 feet above the waterline. And I can still see them there, that bright, big, bright orange, okay? And the next thing I know, she's doing this. She's going, and she's just like this. She can't move. And I'm like, what the hell? And I send out a message. Who are you? What are you doing? They came in. They landed. They jumped up, and they took off, and they went straight out. I'm like, well, they're not going to talk to me. And then two seconds later, they come back in, all four of them. And they're starting to land, but one of them broke off, came all the way up the beach line, over my head and her, and said, who are you? And I said, I'm Talata's girl. And he went, oh, oh, oh. And I said, what y'all doing? He said, privilege. And I was like, okay, just checking. And he said, see ya. He went back. And they made eight runs in and out off, off that base. Okay. Wow. I was stupefied that I was actually watching this at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. So my cousin finally starts to come too. And she says, let's go to bed. I'm tired. I'm like, okay. So we walk back up the beach, way back up the beach, go to the hotel. We lay down, we get in the bed. And 15 minutes later, she says, we have to go back to the zoo right now. I'm like, why? She says, I don't know. We just have to go to back to the zoo right now. I have a bad feeling. We have to leave here right now. I'm like, okay, fine. So we drove all the way back to Dade City. This is four o'clock in the morning now. We finally get back and we're laying down. And then I got a message. You needed to leave. We needed you out of there. And I'm like, why? And he said, big stuff. And that was all they told me. That commander knew about it. I guarantee it. He knew about it. You need to ask him about it. Fourth of July, 2014. Ask him. Dead up. Ask him. I <laughs> you can find the email. Find the email. Try to. I don't know. Do you know his name? I can't. Uh, no, I don't remember his name at all either. Well, there's a way to figure it out. I'll help yeah. you do that. I know how to do that. We'll find out who he is and we'll get his email. Okay. You now, got to did, ask him. Did you say Dade City? Yeah, Dade City, Florida. Dade's that's that's in Pas Pasco County. Pasco uh, County, yeah. I lived there for a year. It was uh, I. I had a job at a at a daily. They, they actually had a daily newspaper. And that's right. Daily. I know. I yeah. read it a lot. What yeah, year was that? That was that would have to be like 1972. Oh my uh, God! This wasn't in, in existence then. Yeah. <laughs> that is so amazing! Oh my yeah. God! I, I, I rarely hear any mention of that little town, Dade City. But, uh, One of the biggest synchronous cities I ever experienced was with my family. We had gone on vacation up to Olympic National Forest in Washington, and set up our campsite and heard voices at the neighboring campsite. It was our neighbors from southern california topanga like sally sam what are you doing here by pure chance we had set up camp in another state next to our neighbors I mean, what are the chances <laughs> oh really <laughs> it doesn't ever happen right yeah. it's weird stuff it's like once i went to magic mountain i ditched school to go to magic mountain and who's in front of me in line the lady the girl i sit next to in class she turns around. She's like, "Preston, what are you doing? Are you ditching? Like, you're ditching." Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those weird synchronicities. Yeah. Right. Makes you go, hmm. Okay, so how many years total were y'all in Florida? A we're lot. still we're still here. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, we. Wow. I've been here since uh, that was my first uh, job or second job out of college uh, in Dade City. I had 
I worked wow. in Bismarck, North Dakota for a year, got mm -hmm. out of there after mm -hmm. a year. <laughs> and uh, and I was, uh, sunny Florida, I had a job. I had. I thought Dade City was in my near Miami, you know, <laughs> it's in the middle. No, Dade it's, County it's, is Miami. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it didn't have yeah. anything to do with uh, Miami, mm -hmm. but it was in the center of the state, uh, not too far from Tampa, actually, in St. Pete. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. Oranges, and, too. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I left after about a year and a half, went back to Minneapolis um, until about 1980, 81. And that's when I went back again to uh, Hollywood, uh, where I met Trish and worked in a newspaper, Hollywood Sun Tatler. And, uh, wow. Wow. Uh, that's amazing to me. Right. You, you might know people that I know down there. I have to talk to you about it offline. Yeah. See if okay. you know. Yeah. Well, I want to pop a hidden picture onto the screen and ask you about it. I'm kind of blindsiding you here, so I apologize, but okay. you'll be okay with it. You guys got to meet dolphins. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very yeah. curious about it. And here's you as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. like meeting another intelligent species. I mean, this right. is like yeah. ET, as far as I'm concerned. Dolphins are in the keys, so that's what. Yeah, that, that's that's related to our daughter. She worked with dolphins for a few years. One in the keys, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. I know where that is. Yeah. What was it like? Dolphins. Oh, wait, I don't want to show that's that one yet. She loved uh, it. Yeah. Uh, she she liked working in the keys, but then she worked at the Epcot Center in Orlando, part of Disney World, and. That was that experience was not so not so great. She had to get up at four o'clock in the morning. She had to wear a uniform, and uh, it, it was uh, kind of drudgery. I mean, she liked working with the uh, with with the animals, the dolphins, and uh, the manatees. But uh, you know, she's like us. She wants to you know work on her own and uh, yeah, you know, fr freelance, and that's that's what she's doing. Has her own that's business. Awesome. Yeah. Good yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, so I got to meet dolphins once. It was so cool. Yeah. I mean, they can, they're so gentle and so clearly intelligent. Yeah. And they have like some kind of radar vision. Like if a pregnant woman is in the pool with them, they can see the baby. Yeah, they, uh, sonar. they can see inside sonar. Your yeah. the sonar. Yeah. yeah. You remember the Miami Seaquarium? Um, yeah. I got to work down there one summer when I was a kid, young, uh, and I had, wow. you know, I fed animals, cleaned up, mostly clean things. And I was <laughs> there when they had, there was uh, a sheltering a dolphin. Her name was Dolly. And uh, I became enamored of this dolphin. She was a Navy dolphin and she was retiring there and she had her own place and uh, they needed to move her to the East coast. And it took them a little while to find somebody who would be a foster to her because she could never be out of totally out of captivity. They tried and tried and tried to rehabilitate her to it, but they couldn't. She was a trained Navy, Navy dolphin. And when they brought her around, um, I got to, you know, go with and when they got her to her new home and everything. And I used to go to that part of the Florida anyway. My uncle had a boat over there. So I used to go and visit her all the time. I'd call her and she'd come to me. Uh, I am, I love, absolutely love dolphins. They're so smart. And yes, whatever's wrong with you, they see it. They have sonar they can tell. Yeah, you know? right. yeah uh, Megan would, uh, Megan's an artist herself, but she, she was doing things with, uh, that they would put a paintbrush in the dolphin's mouth and they would paint on 
a little palette, uh, you know, very abstract stuff. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. I once heard a really cool dolphin story. This lady was smoking a cigarette while looking at this baby dolphin who was looking at her. She's, she breathes in the cigarette, blows the smoke against the, the glass. Uh, and the baby dolphin's looking at her, tilts its head, swims over to its mother, comes back and blows out milk milk onto the <laughs> floor, <laughs> mimicking her. Oh, that's a good story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just love dolphins. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pop up this one, Rob, because I'm super curious. I got to, uh, oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Why is that not coming up? Um, hold on. Let me pull that picture up real quick because I am very curious about this one. Here we go. Give me just one second. There, the crystal okay. skull. Yeah. That was a great night. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about that, Trish? That's a famous... Yeah, we, um, Bill Holman and Rob had communicated ever since he'd written his novel, Crystal Skull. So Bill had emailed and said, I'm going to be in nearby town. He was going to be talking at a New Age bookstore. So we invited him to come up for dinner and then invited 13 people to come over and meet Bill and the Crystal Skull. And it was the night before it was the hurricane was stalled in between the Bahamas and Florida. And supposedly it's going to become unstalled and hit South Florida. So uh, Bill said, well, let's meditate with the skull and focus on moving the hurricane away from Florida. Unfortunately, we didn't, what we should have said was go out to sea. So it moved away from Florida and slammed into the Abacos where it stalled for three days and just tore apart that part of the Bahamas. Oh, but it didn't my, yeah. So I mean, meditation. Yeah. So that's the Mitchell Hedges skull, which is a uh, you know, uh, famous uh, one that uh, has uh, been, uh, story was that the um, daughter, Mitchell Hedges, was kind of an adventure. He had written a, a two, three adventure novels of his experiences in Central and South America. And the, the story was that this was discovered by his daughter. Now I can't think of her uh, first name. Can you, Trish? I remember that story. I can't think of her name. Yeah, anymore. right. And so she had, the story is that she had climbed this pyramid and had got to the top of it and reached into uh, this hole and found it. Now, the, there was a question that did the father plant that because it was her birthday and she discovered it on her birthday. And so uh, whether he, he, he never, he never said that he had done that, but there was that suspicion that he had planted that she had discovered it. But uh, either way, you know, there, there it was. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's controversial uh, as crystal skulls are, but uh, whether it's ancient or not, uh, but uh, it, it has a lot of power and uh, people that, but when spend, you sit with this thing, yeah, you when feel you sit the, with it, you feel the power of this uh, this crystal skull, and maybe we uh, maybe we blew that uh, hurricane off of Fl Florida because <laughs> they were coming at us, and uh, it was like a uh, 
that was that the category five one, Trish? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we all focused on that, uh, getting that hurricane away from South Florida. Instead, it uh, destroyed parts of the Bahamas. And uh, uh, well, I'm interested because I got to meet Max, the Crystal Skull, with um, yeah. Gosh, what was her name? Jo Joanna Parks. Joanna Parks. I know her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She yeah. came to Topanga and brought the Crystal Skull and. By a weird coincidence, I ended up meeting a lady who was a huge contactee and had a huge influence on my life. She actually took me out to see UFOs, but it was cool because we each got to a little bit of time alone with the crystal skull. And like you said, you can, I don't know about the origins, but you can definitely feel it. And yeah, it's yeah, so, can. so beautiful. And yeah. I mean, it's big. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's uh, I've seen the it's pictures so of, of Max. Uh, we saw Max, Rob. We, we meditated with Max. Yeah, I was thinking that. Where was that? Uh, Lauderdale. Okay, yeah, that was at the that archaeological center right. that existed back in the 80s there. And that, that was Max. That's right. We did. Yeah, I remember was that. Was it the now. Seminole one? Seminole Indian one? That they uh, were fighting over so much? Uh, I'm I not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly, like, how many? 12, 13? I think I saw that in chat. Someone's talking. About, yeah, yeah, here we are. Aren't there 13 crystal skulls yeah. documented? Yeah, that's the story. And they they would be reunited at the uh, time when uh, there would be, like, a transition. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. That was so, a movie. Yeah. So a psychic told me years ago that your you uh, that crystal skull, the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, is going to come to you. And you know, this was many years ago. And I, I thought, well, you know, just because what a psychic says, should I should I take action? Should I go ahead and reach out to what Martha is her name? I'm not sure, sure but she lives lived in Canada, and. I thought about it, but I just never did. And so, you know, years pass, but it came true. You know, <laughs> Crystal Skull came to me. You know, I'm for one night. <laughs> there it was, uh, Mitchell Hedges Skull in, in our house uh, for a night. Oh and God. we had that group of people there. So. <laughs> you guys have had a lot of really cool experiences. Yeah. Getting to meet some really cool people. Well, I'm curious, Trish, like the, getting to meet Betty Hill. Um, oh, that was super fun. Can you, <laughs> yeah, can you share that? I'd love to hear that one. Yep. <laughs> she uh, gave a talk at this UF conference. Of course, Rob and I were there taking notes. And afterwards, she sat outside with us and with Bud Hopkins. We all started talking. She, I believe that she was accompanied by a nurse, an RN, who was a very, very sweet woman. Right, she was, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so we asked him to come over for dinner the uh, following night. So they did. And we also invited two psychics that we knew. Wyatt, who's no longer with us. And uh, Rosso, who also was, was also passed. But Rob and Tony had done a book together called The Rainbow Oracle. They were both really good psychics. So we all had questions for Betty. Oh, was my, you know, all the stuff that people want to know about. And she got very animated when she when she talked about it that night. 
and suddenly she stops, heads for the sliding glass doors, throws them open, disappears outside. And I look at each other and think, huh? Everybody, we go after her, standing in the middle of the parking lot, pointing upward at this light. And again, Rob and I look at each other and think, oh, that's, a, that, that's definitely an airplane. And the nurse who was standing there with us you know, and, and says, no, no, they could disguise themselves as anything, which I don't doubt. But the nurse said, Betty, that's an airplane. And just <laughs> that it wasn't. So anyway, we go back inside. Right, Rob? And that was the night we saw. No, that was a different one. Never mind. That was <laughs> the, the men in black story. That that's a different. That was a different night, <laughs> and we had a man in black experience at, in that same same uh, location. Uh, that was related to that was related to Bud Hopkins. Actually, uh, we we had uh, we had gone to a a UFO conference in Hollywood, Florida, and Bud was there, and Be Betty. Uh, yeah, it was the same conference actually. Uh, and one night we spent with Bud, and one night we spent with Betty. But the one with uh, with uh, with Bud, uh, he was on a radio show in Miami, and people were calling in and talking about their experiences uh, with being having uh, abduction experiences. And one of them struck him as uh, being significant, and he wanted to meet that woman. She lived. Uh, in uh, Lake Worth, Florida, and we were in Hollywood, but he didn't have a car. He'd just flown in, you know, and taken a, uh, a taxi to the conference. And so Trish and I volunteered to drive him up. Uh, he was a kind of suspicious guy. He thought we were like with the government or something and we were spying on him, you know. I said, look, my, my, the air conditioning doesn't work in this car. You think, uh, you know, we're uh, uh, agents and we have a bad car, <laughs> you know, and, uh, he said, oh yeah, I, I guess, I guess so. So he got co comfortable with us. And so he went, went up to this, um, met this couple and, uh, she was really nice. She, she had the experience and, but her husband was, uh, kind of a stranger my big guy all dressed in black and he had this gold uh devil hanging on a chain on uh right right uh you know in his open shirt and uh you know, <laughs> and bud you know i'm thinking trish uh do you see this and bud is not noticing at all and i'm thinking that this guy has some kind of control or influencing his wife in some way. Uh, but anyhow, he didn't have anything to do with the UFO experience. Bud uh, took her uh, back through the experience. And uh, so three grays come into her bedroom, lift her off the bed and right down the hall and right through the wall outside into the backyard. And it's like a tube like a, i don't know if it was a physical tube but they, they stand in and they lift they rise up to the craft and this is was christmas time and a time when the national Enquirer was very close by where, where they lived and national Enquirer had a huge huge uh christmas tree and they had a little train for kids and it was a always an annual spectacle and it was also happened to be the only uh newspaper that was writing 
UFO stories, you know, <laughs> back then. And and so she points at the Christmas tree uh, to, to the aliens. And, and so Bud, Bud asks, what did they think? And she says, you know, she she's hypnotized. They're not impressed. <laughs> and off, <laughs> off she went up into the up into the craft. And uh, so that that was our experience with Bud. And I I wanted to get out of that place because the the husband uh, I just got bad vibes from that guy. And Bud stayed overnight there. And I said, good luck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to stay in that house another uh, another hour. Uh, but actually, yeah, later on, over yeah, later on, we wanted to see what happened to her. We were more interested yeah. in her than him. But they both came to our house, and again, we had a couple of psychics there. And he, the guy, he was very uptight uh, and like closed off he didn't want these psychics peering at him and so but we had a great conversation there and it was late and uh suddenly i see somebody outside on the uh peering into the sliding glass door a guy dressed all in black hmm. and so i i go over and I open the door and he, he runs off, but he does very, he could have just disappeared into the night very easily, but instead he ran through the parking lot, which was somewhat eliminated. And he, he was bent over running. He would go from car to car and he would look back at me and he'd run to the next car and look back. And so Trish or somebody called the police. <laughs> and so and yeah. usually, you know, something like, like, uh, some you know calling the police in the middle of the night it takes a long time it wasn't five minutes before there were like six cop cars zooming in there searching for this guy and it turned out that just about a mile away there was a murder and they were looking for somebody so when we called they thought uh this this might be the person i don't know if it was but they never wow. found him. <laughs> That's amazing. now it, it, you don't know how he got out of the he must have. He must have jumped into the canal. Yeah, I don't know how he got out of there. Yeah, yeah. but, mm -hmm. so, but station just, ID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we need to take a quick station ID break. So hold on just a second. I would like to thank you all for watching The Light Gate. This is episode twenty-six. I'm your host, Preston Dennett. My lovely co-host is Dolly Safran. Our wonderful. And exciting guests tonight are Rob and Trish McGregor, authors, podcasters, researchers, and more. Here, let me experiencers. Yes. The, uh, ticker. I forgot to put up the little ticker. So, yeah, and you can get definitely get their links in the description. But we are streaming on several platforms, including United Public Radio Network from the beautiful city of New Orleans on 107.7 FM. Also, the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and we're on Roku as well. And we have another wonderful hour to enjoy with our guests so if you guys have questions definitely keep them coming i'm putting little stars next to the ones that you're putting out there so we will get to them at some point but i would like to give you guys a chance to talk about 
some of your books. And this one I like. So wondering if you could talk a little bit about Beyond Strange, the tales of alien encounters and paranormal mysteries. Yeah, um, Beyond Strange. Uh, that, that book is a lot of different stories. Uh, some of them are alien related. Uh, others are paranormal normal related. Oh. And, uh, now you guys have so many stories of so many different kinds. It's one of the right. things I love about your books is you explore everything. Yeah. Uh, we do. And that, that book, I think that's the one where we have Susan Yarntorno's story, isn't it, Trish? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, she's Sorry. the one, she's the woman who was levitated across her room uh, as a child and she had uh, she became a veterinarian and then a contactee and uh, she had no fear of these beings and uh, the the descriptions she had of them are kind of uh, I guess you'd call uh, the tall ones with long arms uh, and uh, the she different different types of beings and because she every afternoon she would lay down because she had some uh illnesses that we, what what is it autoimmune right and uh, so she had to quit her job as a, a vet and she she would rest in the afternoon and have these experiences and uh they would shake the bed and make turn it into waves and her husband experienced the same uh uh the, the same thing with the the, the way the mattress moving in waves and uh so and and they were showing her things and leading her into uh, these out of body experiences to other dimensions, other places. And she felt that it wasn't really out of body. It was like by location and that she appeared physical in the, these places. Wow. Uh, and she was getting good at it. And then she had a very uh, experience that changed everything. Uh, she was out and suddenly she was in this house and she felt herself going, dropping down through the floor of the house. And there was a child in there that was being held and uh, being captive there and she wow. freed she freed this child and as a result of that she had these demons the creatures that were holding this child coming after her and it just uh it, it went on for years I and mean, we had we had her like three times on the uh mystical underground and uh, she's she's recorded these beings uh uh and it's uh it's it's pretty scary i mean a lot of people say they don't want to listen to the, those particular <laughs> <laughs> uh shows because they they are scary and uh but she has come out of it now she's i just talked to her uh recently and she's very involved in uh, cosmic center in Sarasota, and so she's working with these uh, more elevated people, and uh, they they still are around her. She says, but she can just ignore them and like turn turn uh, turn away, and the, you know they they go away, but they're still hovering around her. 
uh, a couple of them. She laughs. She's she's oh. a medium, a full on medium. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. She, Is that a she's Very 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 psychic, which does yeah. not surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just so. pick up a black cat? That yeah. that that. <laughs> That's Trix. <laughs> well, Trix is kind of almost like a a, a mantled. A, she looks like Bat Cat. I'm Bat Cat. She has a Bat Cat, you know, mantle over her face. And she's got a little white mouth and chin, and a little white, you know. And she, she has, will not be ignored. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm also curious about ghosts and some of your research into ghosts and you mentioned it and have you ever have you guys ever experienced any personally ghostly activity ghost uh, yes. i have i don't think i have have you trish casadega oh yeah of course how can i forget casadega <laughs> casadega is, yeah casadega is a spiritualist community and uh they have uh a haunted a, hotel a haunted, a me old Mediterranean hotel built in 1922, and one winter we stayed at that hotel, and we we're the only ones in the hotel. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> this is a town where people go for readings with the with the mediums, and uh, I guess it was I think it was, it was in, yeah, in Daytona. So uh, tourists were in Daytona for the bike week and. Uh, not in Casadega. We were the only ones there. And our daughter was about a year old. And we were in the, a room uh, on the second floor. And uh, we, we were up pretty late uh, reading. And our daughter was sleeping. And uh, we hear these heavy, heavy boots uh, steps coming down the hall. And uh, just a thud, thud coming closer and closer. And uh, I'm not. I freaked out. I yeah. ran over to the pickup and I started opening the window to look for a fire escape. That's yeah, I mean, there, there was a, a very Definitely. evil sense about what was coming our way. And it came and stopped right in front of our door. And the door. I did. Handles move. Yeah, that we we pushed the. <laughs> we were both freaking out. We pushed the dresser in front of that door. We did not want whatever was out there uh, to to come into the to come into the house uh, to come into that room. And uh, and after a while, it just, it it moved away. No, it rattled the handle first, Rob. Yeah, it rattled the handle, and it, it uh, uh, you know it it freaked us out. I mean, it was. Uh, and we, we've stayed there. We've stayed there other times, and not had that uh, any experiences like that at, at all. But uh, and they always say, "Oh, the ghosts are, fr are friendly." And no, that that one was not friendly at all. But but we had another experience in Dominican Republic. That was that was more interesting. With the uh, we, we got this. We we looked online for a place to to stay. Uh, right on the ocean, and we saw found a very reasonably priced uh, hotel, and it was kind of U-shaped with a nice. We thought it was a garden in the middle and and the beach, and 
we got a room right in the back, so looking out over the garden to the to the beach. But it wasn't a garden; it was it was it was a cemetery. Great, uh, oh, no. it, it was a graveyard, <laughs> and so the graves are very close, very close to our room. Uh, our the graves begin, and our daughter, who is I don't know, she's 10, 11, 12, uh, She she did not she did not like that. Uh, that uh, that room. So we moved to the side. Uh, but uh, before the, before then, um, Trish and I were curious about it. We said the grave digger was in there, and the gate was open. So normally the gate was locked. So we walked in there, and so the the grave digger came over to us, and he says, "You want? I got to show you something. You want to see something?" And he says, "So here the the, the sand keeps coming in." And getting higher, and so there are graves on top of gra uh, coffins on top of coffins. And he was digging to bury uh, someone new, and came upon an older coffin. He wanted to show us, but Trish and I said, "That's all right. We don't have to see that." And, <laughs> but what we did see. Uh, the reason I was there, I used to be a windsurfer, and uh, that is a very good place for windsurfing. And what. I saw very close to below our room was a a grave marker that was the top half of a a windsurfer, and I thought this was all these graves were old. And I went when we got in there. I went up to that one, and it was only four months old that uh, wow. that that person had died, uh, and so uh, that that kind of surprised us. So anyhow, our daughter didn't like it, so we go to the side, and actually the the room that we had, the door was actually. Rob, you, hey, Rob, you took yeah. something from that grave. Oh yeah, okay. I picked up a rock, uh, <laughs> which was a mistake <laughs> from the graveyard. Put it in my pocket, and we we moved to the side. And actually, the door uh, was closer to the grave uh, to the uh, graveyard than our other place. But, the, but that that one looked right on it. This one looks straight out to the ocean, so the front of it. So uh, Megan was okay with that. But that night, and there was nobody else in that whole side building there. That night, we went to bed pretty early. And we're laying there, uh, just starting to fall asleep. And I hear this thud, boom, 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 three. Uh, it, it was like a wrecking ball hitting the side of the building. It was that loud. Uh, it, it, there were three of them, then three more, a, a little stop, a break, and then three more. And at that point, I sat up. Trish sat up simultaneously, and I said, "I thought I was dreaming that, did, uh, but it it was like a different kind of dream. It was like a, a waking dream." And Trish said she heard it too, and but this was totally different it was very energizing and uplifting it really and the, then the television yeah. came on we, we didn't we never turned on the television it was just came on and, <laughs> but it was a very uplifting uh feeling and so we thought that maybe there were there was an earthquake or something and uh, we checked the next day and there was nothing like that and uh uh, but anyhow, the next morning we were leaving. Anyhow, I took the rock and threw it back into the graveyard. <laughs> but uh, maybe that's what they wanted the rock back. I don't know. But it, 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 they were they, the guy said that the, there are ghosts and they're friendly. And you know that was a friendly experience, and it, it just felt very uplifting. You know, yeah. that's amazing. Cool.
Yeah. Oh yeah, I said we didn't have any ghost experiences. Yeah, we've had ghost experiences. <laughs> yeah, when when you're in this field researching, it's fun. <laughs> I and mean, it's one thing to talk to people about it, but when you experience it yourself. Yeah, how about you? Know, you? Have you had ghost uh, experiences? I have. Okay. I think one of the most amazing was when I went to see a physical medium who could do what's called table tipping. Yeah. Um, I, and it was really cool. And I was watching them do it. It was just a little card table. And I'm naturally skeptical. So I'm looking at it thinking, oh, they're doing it. Cause yeah, with their knees or table. something, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, it was my turn. And there was four of us. And I'm like, wow, this table is really moving. And I asked, you know, I'm a researcher. Would you mind if you did it with just the medium and they said sure of course and just her and i put our hands on the table and i could i watched her and she was lightly touching the top of the table the mm -hmm. table went right up and i would just wow. i asked her would you mind doing it with one hand <laughs> sure and it went right up and i'm like would you just put one finger on it <laughs> and up it went and then wow. i finally did it all by myself and i couldn't get it to move up but it yeah. shook Huh. And of course, I examined the table for any devices of any kind. Yeah. Where was that? That was in Woodland Hills at a condominium complex. Okay. Um, she quit doing it because she started to have weird events. There was a clicking sound following her around. Yeah. There was a mysterious fire in the kitchen. And right. I was driving home because I went back several times and something hit my car on the road and nearly pushed it off the road. And I'm telling you, that was related to that. I know it. Yeah. You know, my brother said, oh, you probably just hit a patch of oil. I'm like, no, no, no. Something hit the car <laughs> and almost knocked me off the road. It's, it was a little scary. Yeah. So when, it's yeah, like you said, when, like you're, yeah. Yeah. when you're doing stuff like that, you have to be careful what you're bringing in. Yeah. But I did notice that the table would move differently for each spirit that was called in, whether it was you know someone's grandma or brother or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was very cool. She was huh. really good at it. Oh, wow. Can we talk a little bit about aliens in the backyard? Or yes, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So that book uh, started w uh, when we were contacted by a man who had an experience that and a lot of synchronicity is related. It was a synchronicity, in fact, that uh, had got him to uh, contact us. So uh, it, the name we use is Charles Fontaine, but that's not his name. He's a like a, a aeronautical engineer in Montreal and had no interest in UFO. Oh, he, th he thought uh, if there were any, the only UFOs he was aware of were in Hollywood movies. He, he didn't believe them uh, that uh, at all until he had this experience. So the, the experience actually didn't last a very long time. Uh, he usually got up every morning at about five o'clock and he lived about 45 minutes, a small village, about 45 minutes outside of Montreal and went to work. Uh, you know, so it took him a while to get to work. He got up early and he, uh, so on this day, he opened the door for his little dog Spot to go out, which, uh, but this on this day Spot wouldn't go outside, and so he pushed him with his foot to push him out, and then he looked, and in the 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 field uh, there's a farmer's field 
behind his house, there's these beams of light uh, coming down. And he counted nine of them. And there is this oh. swirling, swirling energy inside these uh, beams. And it looked like it was going up from the earth, swirling up. It was very beautiful. And he was just standing there watching it and uh, for about 10 minutes or so. And they, But it was starting to move closer. So he went in and woke up his wife. He wanted her to see this too. Uh, and she came out and said, that's something I told you about the the other day I saw, and you, uh, you, you just ignored me. You don't listen to me. And now you see it yourself. And uh, so suddenly there's a craft that comes I don't know if the beams kept coming and then, but then a craft came uh, vertical, uh, a saucer shaped craft vertical between this uh, weeping willow tree and the house coming right towards them. Yeah. And there's a beam of light, uh, a gold beam shining down on spot. Uh, and so Charles reaches down to pick up spot. And the next thing he knows he's taking a shower and oh. he, doesn't, he doesn't know what happened uh, and how he got in the shower and his <laughs> wife is in bed sound asleep and he's very confused and he goes to work and he closes his office door and just starts breaks breaks down crying uh, because nothing like this made any sense to him. He had never had any experience like this and he just couldn't comprehend it. Uh, he was kind of a religious person too. And he's, uh, so it was affecting his whole life. And, but after he came home, he, he just, you know, very like ha having a nervous breakdown basically, but he wanted to investigate uh, uh, this experience so he goes to the next door neighbor who had a walkaways because the houses weren't very close together, but that house was also on that field. So uh, he knocks on the door and he said, this morning, did you see anything in the field? Uh, because they got up very early too. And the guy, the, the husband, he sh shakes his head. But the woman, she hears him in the, uh, and she said, Charles, you saw a UFO, didn't you? I know you saw a UFO. And he, he's startled. He says, I don't know that, I don't know if I saw what, what I saw. And she says, I know you saw a UFO. And she says, and he says, how do you know that? And she says, my, my cousin, uh, he's, he's, he's a weirdo. Uh, and I haven't had much contact with him, but two weeks ago he called and said, watch in the morning, you're going to see a UFO in your backyard. And huh. I didn't see it, but you did. <laughs> you know? And, and so, uh, wow. yeah. So, so he ends up uh, talking. Uh, he goes over to the farmer first and, uh, and, and also talks to him. The farmer didn't see anything either, but uh so he contacts uh, the, the the cousin, the neighbor's cousin, who's who's a medium, and gets in contact with him, and uh, he uh, and 
Charles is still very upset. And the guy says, just calm down. It was a, they're, those are good beings. You, they're, they, uh, they, they weren't out to harm you. And, uh, and he said, how do you know that? He says, because uh, I, my, my light beings told me so. And so, but th this is all new to Charles. And he, the guy, he, he said, the, the man is using all kinds of uh, spiritual language that I didn't understand what he was talking about. And I just wanted to get away from him. And so, th you know, this is something totally new for, for him. So, but he starts doing some research. He goes uh, to Barnes and Noble and uh, he, uh, he, he picks up a book and uh, is looking at it and it's uh, a book on synchronicity <laughs> and it's our book and then he looks us looks us up online and uh, what happens when he finds us is he sees a picture of a ufo over a field with beams of light coming down to the field and he said he instantly knew i got to contact these people and that's uh how we got, uh, he got a hold of us and, and the reason he he got the yeah that's the book he got and there's a french edition so he bought the french ed edition uh he, his english isn't uh, the greatest uh but uh he uh told us uh that the the number of synchronicities he was having he didn't even know that term until he got about the looked at the book <laughs> uh, well. and he said that family next door everywhere he went he would see them he was, he was like at a restaurant 17 miles away and there they were you know it's just like your story that uh seeing uh you, you said earlier where your yeah. neighbor shows up camping next to you and uh it happened over and over and uh he was having trouble sleeping so he went to uh, a pharmacy and no, and it wasn't real close to his house or anything. And he, he asked the woman there, can you uh, recommend something to help me sleep? And she said, let me talk to the uh, pharmacist. And she went over, talked to him. And then the pharmacist came over and looked at him and says, where did it happen inside or outside? And he says, what? Your experience was, it, you know, he'd never seen this pharmacist before at all. And uh, but the pharmacist like does a reading on him and and knows that he's he's had uh, a UFO experience. And he did recommend something to help him sleep. But then he also gave him a name uh, of a, of a, a psychologist, a friend of his in Montreal who is very into UFOs, who, who he met. So he had a whole string of uh, synchronicities happening. And uh, so- Now you wanna know what's really strange with this. We published this whole story in nine different installments on our blog. Wow. And by the second time we realized we were being visited by every acronym agency, FBI, DEA, you name it, they came on. In fact, we even got the Royal Canadian Mounted Police mm -hmm. on site for eight hours one day, like they had assigned somebody. Yeah, they must have assigned somebody to because they were on eight hours uh, oh, wow. on our on our site. And you know, Royal yeah. Canadian Mounted Police. I I, I told uh, uh, Charles about this, and I said, 
I said, I, I can just see these guys on horseback chasing UFOs. <laughs> and he says, no, no, they don't ride horses. They're, they're, they're like the FBI, the US FBI. So that was interesting. And then uh, we decided to uh, try something else. We, we had, uh, Charles, uh, I said he, he was kind of religious. He was Catholic and he, he would go to these different churches and talk to the priests and the priests would say, get out of here. You know, they don't want to talk about UFOs at all. No. <laughs> and so he, he went to one, though, he went to one though, and he asked if he could have some holy water. Uh, and, they, uh, and there was a woman there, uh, who worked in the church and she said, sir, sure. Help yourself. That was, at, I think that was after the priest told him to go away. And so he took this holy water and sprinkled around his property, around his house. And, you know, because he was sleeping, uh, in the basement with a baseball bat next mm -hmm. to him. And he was very, uh, very frightened every night. <clears throat> and, uh, so Trish says, "Can you send us some of that holy water? We're we're gonna we're, we're going to uh, Casa Dega to, and we'll we'll give it to a, a psychic we know who uh, is good at what is it called that she she does? Trish oh, wearing Kathy. Ka Kathy, yeah, uh, she's she's a psych she's a psychometrist, so oh. she, she she can hold things." Uh, and and pick up so so we wanted her to do a reading on Charles through through the uh, holy water in this uh, tube, and so she's also a nurse. And when she got it, she thought, "Oh, they gave me some pee." <laughs> You're <insane. laughs> that, was her, that was her first impression of um. it. Uh, but then she picked up uh, about him and about these beings. And, uh, and I said, Kathy, why have these beings done this to him? She said, they're having fun. This is what they do for amusement. <laughs> Which was kind of a strange thing that. No, that, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I know. Funny that I learned over the years, I'm a nurse. Okay. I'm re retired a long time ago. Um, most of us have the ability to, to do psychometry. And those of us that are very good at it usually end up in the ER because we're good at, pre, you know, triage. And uh, it's just yeah, weird to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but have you heard of any uh, cases where aliens would do something to somebody just for entertainment? No. <laughs> I, no, I, I, no there's absolute it. purpose. Absolute <laughs> purpose. Now, I will tell you this, okay? They have weird, uh, they have weird senses of humor. It's, um, I can't even explain it. I've told Preston a million times they are almost sardonic at times. Okay. Yeah. And they'll catch you on off guard unaware. And it's just their way of trying to loosen you up, you know, trying to make you realize that they're not trying to hurt you. They're having fun with you. That's yeah. And I, I think they can use screen memories too for covering up what they're doing because we have a story in our book, aliens in the backyard about these aliens that abducted this guy and they uh, they they played a, a board game with them. They play, they played Monopoly with them. And uh, you know, I, oh. I've never heard of aliens playing any board games with people. Uh, but it it could have been you know that maybe didn't happen at all. He said the 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 street names in the board game were really strange. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it could have 
been just kind of a cover for uh, that uh, a screen a screen memory that he had that that wasn't to him at all. Yeah, there's a game. It's a French game. It's called Mealborn. And um, I had a I had it when I was a kid, and I did take it on board with me a couple of times to see if they'd play it with me. And <laughs> really? it fascinated the crud out of them because it's not a game that you can really cheat at. Okay, <laughs> it's just all in the cards and how you you know deal them. And you have to have really good sleight of hand to mess with this. And it just fascinated them. It, they actually started laughing. It was so funny to watch them playing this game with me. And uh, they they do like to they love to do fun things. They okay. really do. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe they were breaks just, up the stress. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Right. Well, I'd like to bring on a couple of questions because we're now at our last half hour, and okay. um, we always like to in, you know, interact with the wonderful folks in chat. And here's an interesting question from Foreshore, who is asking, do you think aliens are the same as angels? I've never so, seen an angel, so I don't know. I've never seen an <laughs> aliens. You know, that, that's a, it's a possibility that uh, that uh, Higher developed uh, beings could could be the same same as angels because angels might be uh, a religious interpretation, you know. And you look back in uh, uh, biblical history of uh, UFOs and aliens. Uh, so yeah, definitely could. That's could kind of how I feel too, because there are accounts of angels saying. Do not be afraid. Have no fear. No harm will come to you. Right. Well, that sounds a lot like ETs. Yeah. And when you see a glowing being come into your room and perhaps yeah. heals you, yeah. if you don't have that mindset, that worldview, which encompasses ETs, right. you know, your first go-to might be an angel. Mm -hmm. Or for that matter, demonic. And there are people who feel like that is the explanation. I don't. But yeah, I think the there's probably a little bit of a bleed through in some of these cases where it can go either way. Yeah. Um, right. I don't know. Hard to say. What do you say? Dolly? Yeah, I, <laughs> we, we tend to, okay. There's a, a thing called pareidolia and we see things that are not there. We have already preconceived ideas. We have memories, we have images all up in our mind and we will plant them when we don't understand. And so if you see an entity and it's glowing or whatever, and you're very religious and you, you say angel, okay? Or if you see one right. and you're not quite sure, you know, it's very hidden uh, and you might go to the darker side of what you know. And it's, it's emotional pareidolia. It is our mind trying to explain. It's like in your eyesight, if you have a blind spot or if you have something in your eye that's blocking your vision, your brain will fill it in so that you see the whole picture. Well, we all see the world through our own belief system. Exactly, and Paradali is very personal, yes, and we're mm -hmm. just filling things in. That's why I tell people, you know, be your own best researcher when you see things that you don't understand. Make sure you know where you are, what time of day it is, what's going on, look around you, mark time, mark what you're seeing, memorize every little detail you can, shine a light on it and, and make it that, your memory. And that way, when you have time afterwards, after it's over with, then you write it down and then you seriously discuss it with yourself. What did I just see? And argue with yourself about it 
And the best way I can tell you about researching what you know or what you've just experienced is you go through everything that it cannot be until you're left with one thing. Mm-hmm. That's usually your answer. So yeah. that's what you do. Well, I want to bring up another question, which actually I kind of want to answer <laughs> also from Four Shores. How often do aliens talk about personal stuff in your life? And that does absolutely come up because I can think of three cases right off the bat where one guy was told, this is the girlfriend you're going to meet and this will be your son's best friend. And another guy was told, you're going to be moving into this house, showed him the house. And another lady was told, "Um, you are going to break up with your boyfriend. It's not the right relationship for you. I mean, I've got a lot of cases where they talk about people's personal stuff. In fact, the very first case I had of a gray visiting a lady from who was the daughter of the person I worked with, the gray told her, you're going to get a raise, <laughs> and, at no. work, which turned out to be true. So, yeah. Well, Holly, did they tell you about Preston before you what? met him? Um, <laughs> did they tell you about Preston before you met him? I, um, I had um, my own precog going on and i knew that i would meet somebody like him my whole life i just didn't know when where who what where when and how and then when talada told me about preston said look him up and i brought up his youtube and then i went to his school this video i was gobsmacked because i i was like huh you know huh and then the more i found out about him the more i realized things started lining up it's just really weird we have too many synchronicities with uh yeah. going on, you know and then trish i think you know to some of the cases we've looked at and you know other uh you know people uh i i'm trying to think i mean i'm oh, and he had a lot of things that happened. Oh, Connie, yeah. 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 Uh, we mentioned he and her son were abducted one night when they were on I-75 headed down to St. Augustine. They ended oh, wow. up on a military base with uh, three aliens standing nearby and some guy, some guy with a gun. Or- yeah, there was a helicopter. They, uh, they're, they're, they're in the process of moving to St. Augustine from North Carolina, I think. And they uh, ended Georgia. up on this, what? From Georgia, yeah. Uh, they ended up suddenly fi- found themselves on this grid of roads that they didn't know where they were. And suddenly the next thing uh, they know, Connie is and her son are on their knees on a tarmac. There's helicopters and uh, alien crafts, a couple alien crafts, and military people with with big weapons and gray and gray several grays, and the uh, the military guy, the grays are just seem to be very uh, relaxed and actually ignoring them, where the military guy is aiming the weapon uh, at her and saying, "If you ever say anything to anyone." You are going to, and then that's uh, then uh, that's all she heard, and, and then she finds herself driving again in the car, and she comes to this like Seven Eleven type uh, uh, store, 
and she goes in and asks, where am I? I'm, I'm lost. And she said, well, you're in, uh, is it Warner Air Force Base? Yeah, uh, Air Force Base. And how do I get out of here? And the woman, the, the clerk says, well, the same way you got in here, uh, through, through the gate. And she said, no, I didn't come through any gate. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And so she, uh, she wasn't going to argue with them and just asked, where's the gate? <laughs> and and got out of there. But uh, Connie, uh, we were in contact with her for years, and she had uh, so many experiences. I don't know why we've never written a book about her, but uh, she... Uh, well, that's, yeah, unfortunately. So. Yeah, she... She's died died now, but you know, as far as for for us, uh, you know, I, I don't feel that I have ever been abducted, and I don't think Trish has ever been abducted that we know. Uh, we may maybe uh, what speak you know, yourself. You what? can't speak for me. Whether or not okay, I've been well, <laughs> all right, yeah. Yeah, you can be abducted. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have any memory of being abducted. <laughs> and you were watching all those things in the sky. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I could. It certainly could have happened to me then. You know, and you uh, know. yeah, and I, I also remember an experience. Uh, you know, when I was about, I don't know, eighteen, nineteen, when I was uh, uh, all alone on this hill above a river. And I thought, oh, this would be a great, great time uh, for having a UFO encounter. And that's all I thought. And to my knowledge, you know, nothing happened, but I don't know. It's that, but that memory has always been, been there, uh, that, you know, that experience. But I don't have any recollection of anything at all happening. I didn't see anything or, but... Uh, you know, so well, I got a few more questions I'd love to bring up. And this one is not so much a question, but a comment, which we, is what we've been talking about. Tool says it is much bigger than just visitors from another planet. And that's what I love about your guys' research is it is. It's synchronicities. It's all kinds of paranormal events. So right. Too, yeah, it's not nuts and bolts, you know. That's the one thing uh, the UFOs are not is uh, just you know flying like uh, like we try to do to fly to the moon or to Mars. I don't think that's that's what's happening. It's it's something uh, you know completely different beyond our uh, our understanding, uh, you know. I think Dolly could say a lot more about that than I could. There's definitely a spiritual aspect to it, for sure. It deserves more attention. Yeah. Okay. There's more to us than meets the eye. We're <laughs> yeah. all connected, and there's a lot going on. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. All right, we just have like a few more questions, and then okay. we've got still one. See a good 10, 15 minutes of the show. And here's another from Foreshore, which I would love to touch on. Do ETs ever give mathematical equations to contactees? Yes. yes. Yes, big yes. That happened to Stan Romanek, whose case is definitely controversial. But I think if you look into it, there's legitimacy to it. And I've heard that from many other contactees. And this is or engineering solutions. Yes. Yeah. I know contactees who have filed for patents for free energy motors and We'll take wow. the engineering and they'll show you all kinds of stuff. And 
people is become that where very Tesla got his idea? Tesla? Oh. Uh, you mean like Elon Musk or the Tesla, Tesla, real Tesla? Tesla. <laughs> yeah, they he had 81 or 82 things that he had wanted patents on. And when he passed away, the government walked in and took all of them. Yeah, he and, said he was in contact with ETs. Yes. Mm. He said as much. He was taught by them. Yeah, yeah no, I, I believe that about Tesla. Yeah. What about Elon Musk? Say again? <laughs> Elon Musk? <laughs> <laughs> I think Elon Musk is incredibly intelligent and he is very aware and uh, he knows more than he says he does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, here's a question about the Bermuda Triangle from Janice Conant. She's asking, I think this is what it's about because that's when we were talking about it. Yeah. Do you think there's a magnetic force or super crystal under the sea that creates that phenomenon? No. Oh, that that's that's like a theory that's been around for decades that uh, you know Atlantis uh, was destroyed by uh, a crystal that uh, that uh, blew up and like like some kind of uh, uh, like a nuclear like the power of a nuclear up and uh, uh, you're shaking your head no. <laughs> Now there have been, we've had we've been on the this theory, a long time. Heard that theory. <laughs> yeah. Different iterations of time. Every twenty, every twelve thousand years, we kind of change the guard. Okay, and yeah. humans go away for a while, and then they come back. And way back, 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 um, there were a couple of uh, iterations of humans here who developed a nuclear weapon as well, and actually yeah. exploded them in the past, way past. Um, I think that most people need to realize is that all the monuments that you see now, the pyramids, all the pyramids, all of them, and they're configuring for Orion or for Sirius or for the Pleiades, um, they're, they left messages in, in these monuments and they're pointing toward the 12,000 year cycle. And um, they were trying very hard for us to understand that we had things we needed to do. And um, I think it's a little confused now. People are not really aware of the truth, total truth. And yeah, of our history is uh, there's more, a lot more history than we're aware of. Exactly. Prehistory. Pre All right. Well, here yes. is another question from Neural Channels, and thank you very much for the super chat donation. And he is asking, did any of you find that the lifetime of paranormal experiences that it can be a stepping stone to connect to ET? I think it's part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all yeah. It's all related. Yeah, ET is asking everybody to use their abilities. You have a pineal gland. It's in, innately built into your body and your whole system. And we're supposed right. to be aware and awake with it. And when that happens, when you start using your abilities, you realize that it's all interconnected. We're all entities. We all live Oh, you know, we're not part of this body, really. We're just indwelling here. We live forever. Um, we've had many experiences. All of us, we're here for a reason. I mean, everything is interconnected. People who pass away and don't leave this planetary influence are stuck here sometimes. We can help them. We can speak uh, to our family who have moved on. We have that ability. Like the Japanese call it Shinto. 
It is a religion to them where they communicate with their loved ones and ask them for help. And they do in this religion, they know. I mean, there's Buddha, there's you know Krishna, there's Shiva. Um, there's all kinds of things that point you in the direction of, it's all related to one another, all of it. And ETs are part of that. Yeah. You know? Well, one thing I wanted to add was sometimes people who have uh, ET experiences develop paranormal abilities. Um, we yeah, found that absolutely. abductees had became planetary empaths. They could feel precognitively before a disaster of some kind. You know, they would get physically ill. They would they they couldn't yet identify where the thing would occur, but they knew if it was going to be an earthquake or a volcano. Yes, they're sensing the energy changing. Absolutely, right. everybody is. Everybody's actually capable of doing that. Some are just more tuned into it and yeah. really do feel it. Yes. Yeah, I think ETs are trying to wake us up to that. All right, we have time for one more question, and this one is from Wrong Planet, who asks, "How can a regular, unimportant guy try to seek contact to really know it's real?" Even though my belief is that aliens do exist, and the world is probably more Star Trekish than one would think. There's no such thing as a regular unimportant guy. Yeah. <laughs> We're all important. <laughs> That's the thing too about uh, contact. Yeah, contact. Uh, you know, they don't uh, seem to go. Uh, you know, definitely to the. Maybe they do go to the power brokers of uh, <laughs> the world, but. Uh, Almost anybody can have contact. You know, it doesn't seem to uh, matter who you are and who you are, your position in the world. Let's put Correct. it that way. Nobody's that, better uh, than anybody else. That's exactly. Uh, That's right. You know, Dolly, I have a question for you. Uh, okay. In your experiences, have you ever seen any alien writing, like on a wall or? Uh, uh, Most crafts do not have symbols on them. If they do, the pilot, the indwelt being, the the ship is alive. Will yeah. show people it'll it'll array them. In other mm -hmm. words, they'll come up and they'll put it up for you to see. To, they're trying to get your attention, or they're maybe yeah. going to express an image to you. It's not a permanent thing. They'll just do it because we use language. Symbols are important to us. There are some symbols that we use on craft. And they're mostly, uh, it's in the language of the tall grays. Um, mm -hmm. I'll teach you two words real quick. Atriar, that means I'm ready, okay? At, ut, me, you, at, ut. Atriar, at, riar, I am ready, okay? Um, it, is, it is a written language, and I use symbols when I'm shorthanding, because I do have a pad. And um, if I'm uh, reminding myself of something, because I've got about 20 different things going on at the same time when I fly, and I'll, like any pilot, write it down, okay, the way I'm going to do this, and then I broadcast. Uh, Betty Hill had a bunch of symbols, and I did, I did um, translate them for her. I never heard back from her family about it, but yeah, I did it. Yes, they do write things sometimes. Yeah, yeah we had uh, one of our... Uh people that we did some research on and helped out uh he had the, he, he had that experience when he was abducted that seeing uh when he was hit, what are you talking about? uh the, you know the guy who's lived with us for a little while that uh 
You, we, I took him up to Bert, uh, Dr. Berthold Schwartz to be. Well, I, Don was his name, right? Uh, that's right, Don. Yeah, mm -hmm. Don. So uh, he he had a kind of interesting experience being abducted. He was going to. He and a friend were going to a Halloween party, and they were in costumes. Uh, he was dressed as uh, a. Uh, a, a pirate, I think, and his friend, I can't remember what uh, costume he wore. So they end up, uh, uh, their car, the, the engine just dies uh, in their car as they're driving and they're taken yeah. out and they find themselves standing in a line of people going into this craft and everybody seems to be, uh, you know, just uh, totally unaware of what's going on uh, and just, you know, standing there numb and, you know, they're standing there in their Halloween costumes going aboard a craft. Nobody seemed, nobody seemed to be impressed by that, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. but, but he said uh, during uh, Dr. Schwartz in his, uh, when he, went through the experience the guy really broke down when he had uh crying as he was remembering all this and he he saw uh some writing uh symbols on a wall that he wrote down i had it for a long time but i mm -hmm. lost uh, wow yeah that'd be cool i'd like to see that you got to find that i would love to see that actually yeah. that's very cool well, yeah. we're in our last five minutes so i want to give you guys a chance to talk about your amazing podcast the mystical underground and all your amazing books or anything else you've got Coming up, I'm trying to let you know put some of your books up here on the screen so that people can see because there's so many. You guys really, it's really impressive. But yeah, here's a few minutes to just kind of, uh, you know, self promote yourself. Yeah. <laughs> How can people get in contact with you? No kidding. Um, write us through the mysticalunderground.com. That's our okay. blog website. There's a okay. contact form. Uh, also on I don't know if you can contact us through YouTube. We now have a YouTube channel. Cool. Uh, What's it called? That's a question. And, uh, and <laughs> if it's, people, yeah. uh, it's called the mystical. It's called the mystical underground. Okay, that's very cool. So, so yeah. So if people want to know more about the uh, mystical underground, we also actually have a book called The Shift: Reports from the Mystical Underground. Right. Uh, nice. It uh, came out uh, a few months ago. Now, are you on uh, Amazon? Can we find all your books yeah, through Amazon? Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Look yeah. at that, right. you guys. And a whole there. library for. Yeah, right. It's really impressive. I know. Okay. Very cool. Well, yeah. All right. Oh, um, hey, there's even a novel called My Strangeness. Yeah. yeah. It's on fictional island of Tango Key. You might want to look at that one. Okay. <laughs> You'll see I will. I will. I've been there, actually. Yeah. I, when I grew up, we, we, to relax, we all went to the Keys all the time. Okay. Yeah. We had a camper and we just went. And I've been all over the Keys, everywhere. And I've been to the Caribbean. And, you know, we used to go to Bahamas, you know, Bahia Honda uh, days and stuff like Gumbe Summer festivals and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, unfortunately, right. we do have to wrap it up. So I just yeah. really want to oh, yeah. thank you guys. I know. Much fun. So much fun. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Namaste. Thanks a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. we're going to probably be uh, up in your direction uh, around Christmas time. Maybe we'll yeah. get together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cough. That okay. Really awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All okay. right. Well, I would like to say every, to everybody, thank you very much for coming, Rob and Trish. We're glad that you showed up, and we're going to do this again, please. And, uh, <laughs> Sounds good. The Light Gate welcomes everybody who showed up, and we'll see you next Monday night. Uh, it's it's a wonderful time of year. Go see the leaves. Uh, we were lucky enough to come to you from the beautiful city of New Orleans on the United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. Yes. Call Underground, too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Bye. <laughs>